This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome. This is uh, Gun Sports or Gun Owners Radio. You had to think about it. I know I did. Well, Gun Owners Radio. I know. I'm just not organized. Where's my paperwork? 1170 AM. The answer. The answer. Hey, that's your job. Yeah. I have mine. You don't have yours. Story of my life. I know. What are you going to do? All right. Hey, did you know Americans stop or prevent? A violent uh, crime, one to three million times per year with a gun. You don't hear that on the news. That's right. Studies from Florida State, the CDC, and the Crime Prevention Research Center show that guns are used to protect life 25 times more than when they are used to take a life. 25 times. And the estimate is really on the low end. And if you believe that good people deserve the best tools to defend themselves and the families, then you should be a member of San Diego County Gun Owners. San Diego County Gun Owners makes it easy to connect with the community that's fighting to defend and restore your Second Amendment rights. Become a member today. It's only 10 bucks. You can't buy breakfast for 10 bucks. Go to sdcgo.org slash join. Become a member today. Okay, so you don't watch the news. No, not really. So I have to say. I'm on you, the news. Sometimes. I know. You're always on the news. But I have to tell you about your uncle. My uncle, yeah, Gavin. Oh, yeah. So Gavin, you know how he says if, uh, if, uh, what's his face from Florida, Ron DeSantis, yeah, comes to California, yeah, he's going to arrest him for kidnapping, you know, because he sent fifteen illegals to Sacramento. <laughs> oh, so an interview <laughs> interviewer, you know, says, so I understand DeSantis is coming to, you know, campaign in California. He says, do you plan to arrest him when he comes into the state? And he goes, what? What are you talking about? That's hyperbole. That that makes no sense. He goes, no, that's what you said. You said because he said. Oh, <laughs> he just went totally off the rails. Well, I got to talk about my uncle. How did he become my uncle? Well, I just because like, we both a, have great hair. You both got a debonair. <laughs> we are, we're both debonair. It's exactly. <laughs> I get a scratch. Everybody's always telling me that. I know. I um, mean, you know, you the way you the way you saw debonair. Am. Yeah, sachet. It's getting worse and worse. So, yeah, I talked about him, and I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show, um, but we talked about uh, Gavin Newsom uh, proposing a constitutional amendment. He yes. wants a constitutional convention, because nothing makes you sound nuttier than, I need a constitutional convention. Uh, we talked about it on KOSI, talked about it on a couple other uh, news sources. Oh, is that what you came in for Saturday? Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I mean, it's just it's, it's so it's crazy. so. Weird. There's something kind of interesting. Like I said, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in the show. But you know, he had he had four very specific proposals. Uh, he wanted to ban guns from people, eight you know, uh, adults that are eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. and twenty. Uh, he wanted uh, everybody to go through a wait period. He wants everybody to go through a background check, regardless. Don't we do all that? And then, um, well, California does all that, and we're suing on most of it. Um, and then the uh, the other one was he wants to ban semi-automatic rifles, right. which he calls assault rifles. So those are the four specific ones that people are really focused on. Mm-hmm. But there's kind of this fifth 
vague thing that he said at the very end where he said he wanted he wanted the amendment to allow states to pass common sense gun laws. Now, it's kind of uh, it was kind of interesting. Does he mean that those four things are common sense gun laws? Because if those are being passed by the constitutional amendment, then they won't need states to pass that. So it can't refer to that and no one's paying attention to that. So it's really five proposals. And they're, they're doing that thing that politicians do all the time. They concentrate on the, look, look, look over here. Look at the how good this thing. is. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this dark, you know, and we want, you know, states and municipalities to pass common sense gun law, which means anything that, you know, states and municipalities want to do to violate the Second Amendment, they just have to use the term common sense and boom, they can do that. Oh, uh, another buzzword. Well, who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah. The devil's in the details, but not a lot of, nobody's talking about Well, not a lot of people are talking about that. So I brought that up on KUSI and a couple other news sources to talk more about that. So anyway, we have Chris in the studio from 511, right? Yes, sir. How are you, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me in. You bet. We're going to talk uh, talk to you um, in the next couple segments. And really, What do you do at 511? I'm the director of wholesale marketing. Well, let me tell you what. I got more freaking 511 gear than you do. <laughs> Thank you. I've got shoes. <laughs> I've got pants. I've got shirts. And I've got the different, I have four, five different just kind of jackets, lightweight sure, jackets. Sure, But my wife is not happy with you because you don't sell enough women's 511 gear. We're working on it. I'm just going to tell her because she's listening. You know the shirts? They've got the perforation. Mm-hmm. That's the best shirt on the planet in the summer. Absolutely. But there wasn't any for women. Yeah, we're working on a couple different options too, and not only just lifestyle gear or wear, but also fitness wear. So yeah. we're going to be seeing some uh, different styles of apparel right. for both men's and women's on that side and really looking at exploring that yeah. women's segment as well. And cra- congratulations opening the store in El Cajon. Yes, thank you very much. I drive by it every Friday. I try not to go in. Chris, look, you- look at Dave's watch, Chris. Oh, yeah. Dave's watch. 5-11, uh, right? So he's telling day. the truth. And I had a no really, lie. you had some really cool sunglasses. They were. We did eyewear for a little while, absolutely. You don't make them anymore. I know, <laughs> I know. Somebody stole mine. No, I'm a, no, he'll tell you. I, no, I, shoes. He, he comes in here all five eleven out. Yeah, you know. If I go, I do. I do they're just. I mean, other than these, and I only put these on because I was working in the yard mm-hmm. before I got here, and I don't wear five eleven. But I don't wear anything unless it's five eleven. Awesome, because it, it fits. Here, I'll tell you. Here's the best. Here's the. It, oh, then we'll go to break. I, I'll tell you this story, and then we'll go to break, and then we'll really get into the interview here. But the best five eleven store. The most entertain, uh, entertaining time you can have going to a 5-11 store. Go to the one in Mission Valley. Oh, yeah. Okay, but here's the reason. The one in Mission Valley shares a doorway, um, or is basically a, a little area. There, there's two doors right in the same, as a pot dispensary. <laughs> now, we all well, know. Well, well, well. <laughs> now, we all know 5-11, you know, mostly, you know, cops, law enforcement, former military Gun folks, you know that that kind of that kind of person. Sure, probably not the exact t- same type of person that goes to the pot dispensary. So here's what you do: go to Five Eleven in Mission Valley. Yeah. Okay, go in, buy some shirts or yeah, whatever, shoes, first whatever. aid Bags. kits. They got all kinds of cool stuff. Knives. Buy some Five Eleven stuff. Shoes, whatever. But then on a Saturday night, grab yourself something to eat, sit in your car for the next couple hours, and then play this game. Watch people walking up and then guess which door they're going to take. <laughs> it's 
And, you know, occasionally. Door one or door two. Yeah. Door one or door oh, there two. There we go. Okay. Occasionally okay. it gets real interesting. You're like, oh, that. there's no way that, there's that no. person's going to 511. Oh, no, no. Yep, they're nope. going, yeah. And then you'll get, like, some college kids. and okay, like, you know, so. They're definitely going to the so podcast. T- saying if anybody goes on a date with you, yeah, that's what we're this doing. Very easily could be your entertainment for the evening. There you go. So uh, email the show. Anybody that you know that sounds like an exciting time. I'm gonna get like I'm gonna get like I could just see it. I'm gonna a get like bag a bag of McDonald's <laughs> cheeseburgers, and we're gonna go watch the Doors at five eleven. I'm gonna get like thirty email offers, and it's gonna be from like Edward Sanchez and you know Rick Cohen. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, no guys, no. That's not the date we're looking for. It's not the date we're looking for. That this is, is not the date you're looking for. That is awesome. So, hi, Alicia. Hey. How are you? I'm doing well. Yes. Chris from Five Eleven. We were just talking about Five Eleven. He's I, our guest today. We're going to interview. Do you have him any Five Eleven gear? I have a lot. Well, he's going to start <laughs> making more women stuff. So, be ready. I like it. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. So anyway. So uh, yeah. It was uh, like I said. We're going to talk a little bit about Gavin Newsom. We're going to talk to Chris. We're going to interview uh, uh, Tasha Williamson. She's mm-hmm. coming up at the five o'clock hour. Um, she's done uh, a lot to feed San Diego County gun owners, folks that never even considered purchasing a gun before. We're going to talk about her past. She has, uh, she's fairly well known in some circles. She's mm-hmm. uh, a big activist. You um, talk about your shiny thing. My shiny thing, right there. Oh, no, well, that's from Chris. You got. We'll, sh- we will talk about it. You yes. got a shiny thing. I got a shiny thing. You deserve a shiny thing. I, I could use a shiny thing. You I know, know you got to make a necklace out of it. <laughs> It'll go with your outfit. There you go. All right. Right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, if you own a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws. On your speed dial, that is. Because if you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need California firearm lawyer John Dillon. Especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Our trusted firearms attorney is John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now, 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon's California firearms lawyer, 760-642-7150. John is the undisputed best in California, if not the nation. Without a shadow of a doubt. Love the guy. So our next guest, I'm really excited about. I've known him for a few years and respected him. Just as long, because he's a fantastic warrior when it comes to the Second Amendment. I'm sure most of our listeners have heard him or seen him, um, uh, but not for the reason we have him on the air, which is why we wanted to have him come in and or you know call in and and talk to him about exactly what he's doing. Mr. Craig Deleuze, how are you, sir? I am too blessed to be stressed, sir. How are you doing? Good, man. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to use that. <laughs> He used to so first time the first time you have to give me credit after that it's all yours. <laughs> so he used to do a, a YouTube uh, show mm-hmm. about Second Amendment called Coffee with Craig, and then uh, and then they they went and uh, at Shot Show did a, a night show where he would interview people and he called it uh, it couldn't be Coffee with Craig because it was at night right mm-hmm. so it was booze 
with the lose, <laughs> which was awesome. I always really liked that. Oh, it was, it, you know what? It was a lot of fun, but you could tell as, as, as the night went on, the interviews got a little bit, a little bit hairier. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit there, and every time my glass got empty, there was another drink put there. <laughs> like magic. So, my friend, what are you, what are you doing now? Let's tell, tell everybody why you're on the show today and what you're up to. Well, I, I will tell you, I've been politically active for 30 years, mm-hmm. uh, mostly as a volunteer. I've worked in the California State Legislature for a number of really good conservative members. And uh, i got to be honest, I've been looking at the way things have been going lately, uh, and I decided, I look at, in particular, looking at the way things have been going at the federal level, and I decided, you know what? Time for me to finally throw my hat in the ring and run for U.S. Congress. Congratulations! I think that's a fantastic idea. Now, what, what's uh, talk about? Which district are you, are you running in? So it is the sixth congressional district, which is located in uh, the northern, northeastern suburban part of Sacramento County. So it's actually in Northern California. The seat is uh, newly formed. Uh, the current member that's in it is a gentleman named Ami Barra. Uh, clearly anti-Second Amendment, uh, anti... Well, let me say, let's, let's talk about what he's for. He's for big government. He's for confiscating your firearms and taking away your Second Amendment right. He's for more taxes. He's for socialized medicine. So for all of those reasons, uh, I think he is wholly unqualified to be a representative uh, of the uh, federal government's lower house. Now, I think a lot of people would hear that and go, well, he's from Sacramento, of course. But they're confusing, you know, what comes out of Sacramento with who lives in the Sacramento area. You know, just because all these horrible decisions are made in Sacramento, you know, those folks show up, you know, mess up the, the state, and then they fly back to their district. They don't actually vote in Sacramento. So how, how did he get elected? Because Sacramento and, and the surrounding area is not exactly uh, – that doesn't sound representative. Am I, am I wrong? Oh, no, you're, you're not wrong. When he ran – so what happened was the he was representing a different district, and when they redrew the lines because of the census, he was actually drawn into the same district as two other as two other liberal Democrats, and so he actually had to have run in a different district. And you know, in California, you may not know this, you don't actually have to live in the district that you are running or seeking to represent. You just have to live in the state. So. He ran for a district that was as close by as he could, as he could get, without necessarily having to move. And uh, he ran, quite frankly, he tried to run as a moderate Democrat, someone who didn't stick out. If you notice, you probably don't hear his name much in the news. You know, he's not out there lambasting Republicans, calling, you know, talking about ultra-maga this and ultra-maga that. He's just kind of quietly voting for socialism, quietly voting to take away our Second Amendment rights, quietly voting uh, to to expand the size and scope and control of the federal government. That's interesting. So uh, the important point behind all that is there's a real chance to replace this incumbent. It is the – and by the way, you might, you might want to know this. So California actually is a, is a, played a significant role in us – actually taking back the House. There were a number of seats that we both held in Congress, as well as one, that are in fact the difference that makes the Republicans the majority in the House of Representatives. This seat, uh, it's basically what's called a D plus seven, meaning it's a, 
it's a, a Democrat-leaning seat by about seven points. Hmm. It is the closest or one of the closest seats that's actually not currently held by a Republican. So with the right candidate, with the right message, and with the right resources, this is a race where California can actually add, Republicans can actually add another seat in the House of Representatives. And, and additionally, what you were talking about, it sounds like even though it is a D plus seven, which, by the way, is, is practically a, you know, statistically, that's, pra- that's practically a tie. That's, you know, D plus seven is, is almost a tie. I mean, it's obviously they have a, a few more, but, you know, you start getting down into the weeds. Um, that district may actually um, favor. Uh, Republican voters, depending on how the the not declareds usually break, but um, that that's somebody that the district didn't pick. That's somebody who picked the district, which is an added benefit. So it's not like this is a, a Democrat who even fits um, that that D plus seven district. So I mean, this is a huge. This is very very big. Oh no! In community event after community event that he shows up to, he just does not seem comfortable in his own skin. Uh, and, and that's because he's lying about who he is in order to, he lied about who he was to get in office, and he's lying about who he is to stay in office. And you, you know, Mike, if there's one thing that you know about me is I'm going to be me. I'm going to tell you exactly who I am, exactly what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to do it. And because I figure if I got to lie about who I am to get in office, then I got to lie about who I am to stay in office. No, you're solid as a rock, and that's one of the many things. Um, I've always appreciated and respected about you. Um, I think that your your character and your your backbone and um, you know is probably only second to your good looks when it comes to all your qualities. So, um, but it's <laughs> it's a close second, man. I got to tell you, it's a close second. So, uh, <laughs> talk about um, how much do you think the Second Amendment and your advocacy uh, will play a part in your in your race? Well, I, I, I'll put it to you this way. I know that in the, in, the, in the primary, it's going to play a major role in terms of, in terms of my support. Much of the district are, are very avid supporters of the Second Amendment. Um, we have a very strong uh, group, statewide group here, California gun owners. We have very strong local organizations that support the Second Amendment. Um, so I think it's going to play a significant role. Also, initially, it's going to play a major role. I mean, most of my work over the last decade has been in advocating uh, advocating for the Second Amendment, fighting here in California, fighting in Washington, D.C. So a lot of the relationships that I have, a lot of the people that know me, a lot of the people that I'm hoping will, at least in the very beginning, be donating to my campaign are going to be Second, are going to be second Amendment folks. Now, in the general, they're going to try and use that against me. Because they're, 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 there's this strong belief out there, well, every time there's a crime that involves a firearm, it's because of those Second Amendment folks out there, the, the folks who are supported by the NRA, they're the ones that are the problem. But see, understanding how the policy works, already understanding the numbers, being able to debate and talk with them about, well, wait a minute, we've seen over the last seven, eight years, or let me clarify, over the last decade, We've seen a consistent flow of anti-gun legislation pass here in California, yet we've seen crime go up. We've seen violent crime go up. We've seen violent crime involving firearms go up. So you can't blame gun legislation because we've already got everything in California that the rest of the nation wants. But what I can point to are our criminal justice, quote-unquote, reform. You know how Kamala Harris wanted California to get 
smart on crime, which basically meant decriminalize crime, let criminals back out on the street, and tell them that if you commit a crime, yeah, you're not going to wind up back in jail. Mm. And now those policies also have passed over these over this last decade and can be tied directly to the increase in crime, in violent crime, and violent crime involving firearms. So a lot of it's going to have to do with messaging and the ability to get that message out there. You know, i, I got to tell you, look at all the pieces that are falling into place, Craig. I mean, you're somebody who's uh, well-spoken. You're comfortable in front of the camera. It's been a part of your career for a while. You're connected in the political realm. You live in the right area. This is, uh, this is pretty exciting, man. Well, you know, it, it is real exciting. And, and I'll be honest with you, though. The one, the one area where I'm having to do a lot of work, and the one area of challenge has to do with fundraising. Money is always always I, I, an money. issue. Yeah, you're. It's hard to be considered by the quote unquote powers that be a serious candidate if you don't have the ability to raise money. I'm not wealthy. I work an eighty hour work week in order to you know to, in order to take care and pay the bills and all of that because in part because I chose to work with people I want to work with on issues and with organizations that I believe in. And so, you know, I enjoy what I do. So I, I don't, I don't worry about the fact that I work, that I work that long, but it's not been something that has allowed me to, uh, I'm not, I'm not of billionaire status. So the well, main how, thing is, and this is what I keep. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say. The main thing and the biggest challenge is I think a lot of people think that, well, if I can't give, $1,000 or $5,000, then what, what good can I really do? And what people don't understand is the Republican Party in particular used to be the party of small donors. It used to be the party where, you know, one person would give $50 and then they'd get 10 of their friends to do the same. And they'd get 10 of their friends to do the same. And when it comes to the Second Amendment and fighting in the Second Amendment community, I will tell you that's how the NRA is funded. That's how GOA is funded. That's yeah. how... FPC is funded. It's yep. it's by the individual small donor. Yep, that's how San Diego County Gunners is funded too. Hey, so we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. The first question I'm going to ask you because I want to continue this conversation because I have a, 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 a more I have a point to make about it is I'm going to ask you when we come back how how much money are you going to need to raise to be effective in this race. So don't answer it yet. No, write it down because you'll forget. I will definitely forget. Yeah, write it down. Right here on Gun Hunters Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to listen to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserve and restoring. Orange County self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, you need to join ocgunowners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owner is the organization to help get more pro Second Amendment officials elected. Become a member today, ocgunowners.com slash join. So we're here with Craig Luz. Uh, you may know him from all kinds of Second Amendment advocacy on YouTube, Coffee with Craig. He was... Uh, with FPC, he's done a, a ton. Everybody, everybody who owns a gun knows who Craig Deleuze is. He's now running for Congress, which is awesome. Craig, before we went to the break, we asked you, um, how much money do you think you're going to need to raise to be effective? 
Well, here's the way, I'll, and I'll break this down for you. I believe it's going to take about a million dollars. And now here's the way. Here's the way that works. For each volunteer that gives of their time, that's worth a thousand dollars. So it's a combination of grassroots people being willing to go out and knock on doors and make phone calls, and the actual money and resources it's going to take in order to do the the marketing, the advertising, the digital stuff, the the lawn signs, and all of that. So I say that to say this: my our, our goal is to raise at least seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then to have two hundred and fifty volunteers for the campaign so and and what i really want to make clear to people um you know i i think most of our listeners are in california and if you're in california and you're a gun owner and you care about the second amendment you're probably in a district that's already decided you know you're probably in a district where a republican is definitely going to win or you're in a district where a democrat is definitely going to win um, this is an opportunity for you to take a couple of bucks out of your pocket and put it somewhere where you, you could actually make a difference. So if you're in a district and, and there's a Republican who's definitely going to win or there's a Democrat who's definitely going to win, you know, donate, okay, you know, whatever. But it's not really, you know, is it really going to make a difference? Probably not. But Craig could actually win. This is somebody that's really running, you know, uh, not because, uh, you know, he's interested in four or five other things and, oh, by the way, the Second Amendment – Here's a tried and true. He's one of us. He's a tried and true Second Amendment guy, and we could. And he's in a district that he could win, you know, and could actually make a difference. So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, uh, get on the internet, go to his website, make just donate something, ten bucks, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, something, and uh, help and Craig out. You, and let your friend, yeah, let your friends know that. Let your friends know that you did it and do the same. It's. Here's the thing I like to say. Politics is war by other means. And war is about taking ground. Now, the way you are effective in taking ground is you look at, okay, if I've already, if I've already got the place where I'm at, I've got to look to the north, south, east, and west. Where can I make a difference and help to take ground? And I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. Are you pro-Second Amendment? Do you believe in the Second Amendment? Well, think about this. Who was the last candidate? that you've been able to support, who wasn't just a, okay, I filled out the questionnaire right, and I believe in the Second Amendment, but someone who has actually walked the halls of the state capitol, someone who's actually testified before city councils in California, someone who's actually been out to Washington, D.C., been to the White House, been in Congress, talking with members, fighting for our fundamental civil right to keep and bear arms. And I can tell you, I, I feel pretty confident in saying, You've never had that opportunity. I'm not sure. I can, now you do. I'm not sure I can think of a guy. Um, great. What? Give give them your website, and then we're, and then I want to talk about some other things, and then we'll circle back and we'll give them your website again. But right now, those who are listening, I know you're on your computer. I know you have your phone in your hand. Go to this website right now and donate. Go ahead. It's craigdeluz.com. C R A I G D E L U Z dot com. So, and if you just Google Craig Deluz. My website will be right there near the top. Yeah, it'll pop up. CraigDeluz.com, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. Um, whatever you can do. So, uh, what did you think of? Uh, so, let's move on. Let's talk about guns and stuff. Um, what, uh, what did you think about Gavin Newsom's uh, press conference and, and wanting to amend the Constitution so he can gut the Second Amendment? What did you think of that? Well, I, okay, there were a few things. Just from a pure political sense, 
It makes sense for him because keep in mind, Gavin Newsom is an individual who is used to making big, bold promises and statements and delivering nothing, right? You might remember when he was mayor, he talked about his 10-year plan to end homelessness in San Francisco. How is that working out so far? Um, you know, he's, he's the one who made the big, bold plan that by 2035, we're going to be, we're not, I mean, by 2050 or 2040, we're going to be uh, zero emissions in the state of California. He's not even going to be around by the time that happens. But he gets the media credit for saying it. So keep in mind, Gavin Newsom is a guy who, he's, he's a, for lack of a term, better term, he's a media whore. And he wants to get his name out there making promises that you know he can't keep. Now, having said that, there's absolutely no way he is going to be able to amend the Constitution to be able to do what it is that he says he wants to do. But he also demonstrates his lack of understanding of exactly what an amendment to the Constitution is or even what a Constitution is. Constitutions are a set of fundamental values. And in particular with our amendments or our Bill of Rights, those are the protections of the individual against the government, telling the government, you can't do these things. And here he is taking rights away from individuals. And he's doing it in such a detailed way. Well, no, you, go, fight, go fight and try and pass legislation that does that, if, you're gonna, if he's going to try and do that. But he has a fundamental misunderstanding of, of, of politics, of policy, and especially of the Second Amendment. I, I considered it to be a joke, but I think he got exactly what he wanted was he got national press out of it. And he, he's a true believer, too. I don't know if a lot of people understand that. There are, you know, there are a lot of folks who run for office and they get pressured into being anti-gun and maybe they kind of believe it. And, you know, it's issue number eight on their list or whatever. Um, but they're not really all that. They're not true believers. And, you know, Gavin Newsom is a true believer when it comes to being anti-gun. And, he, and he's been that way for a lo- long time. Uh, you know, he uh, was a part of uh, Prop, what, what was it? Prop 63, right? Yeah, he was a part of Prop 63, which once again was a, you know, him trying to find a way to get out in front of the media so that he could promote his run for gov- for governor. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So uh, up in Sacramento, how is do you, how is the how is the shooting situation up there? Do you guys have uh, ranges and the outdoor indoor? Where, where do you do your shooting up in Sacramento? Well, so most of the ranges uh, that are uh, around the Sacramento area are mostly are mostly indoor ranges. So I, I live about five minutes away from one here in North Highlands called the Gun Range. Uh, there's a couple of ranges. There's the Sacramento. Uh, there's the uh, Sacramento Valley. Not Sacramento Valley. There's Sacramento Valley uh, uh, Shooting Center, which is about a 45 minute drive, 40 minute drive from where I, 45 45 minutes, and that's now got the, got a full range of everything that you could want to shoot but you have to be a member it's hard to get a membership you have to have, have a membership or know a member uh in order to get out there to be able to do some some, some real shooting uh on some of the whether it's a, the pistol action bays or, or or some of the other other uh, more exclusive stuff that they have out there uh there's probably about five or six ranges here in sacramento most of them are uh indoor ranges uh, it's hard to find an outdoor range in Sacramento. But when you go a little bit to the outskirts, whether to the north or the east, uh, you, you can find a, decent, a couple of decent outdoor ranges. And then there's some BLM land up about an hour north of here as well. Because you guys, mostly the culture up there is, is there's, a, there's a big hunting culture in the uh, Sacramento area. It's, that's the, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, suburban and rural. There's, uh, yeah. And it's definitely the, you know, the beginning of northern California. 
Um, and it, of course, you guys are the home of gun owners of California. Sam Paredes is right there. Um, but you guys have a oh, lot yeah. of hunting going on, don't you? Well, oh, exactly. And you know, if you know the right people, there there are plenty of people who have plenty of uh, plenty of land. Uh, some of which they have their own little shooting ranges set up. So sometimes it's a matter of who you know. <laughs> Have you talked to gun owners of California? Or I guess it'd be gun owners of uh, is it gun owners, gun owners of California? Do they endorse in congressional races well, or gun owners of America? Well, gun owners of America are the ones who endorse on the congressional races, and I and I have reached out. I have a very good relationship with Mister Pratt over there, so uh, I'm I'm hoping that good relationship will and will will work out to an endorsement. Because like I said, and by the way, there, there are at least two other Republicans who are running in the race. I know both of them. I like both of them. Both of them are good conservatives. I just don't think they have the opportunity or the chance to be able to win in this particular district because, well, I just think I'm better. I guess. <laughs> but um, I like the confidence. But well, I. I've, I've sat on the school board for 18 years yeah. in an area that is 60% Democrat. Uh, I've worked across party lines with folks. With, and, and being a known conservative, I basically walk into most, most political meetings in Sacramento with a big, huge R on my chest. Not because I put it there, so maybe it's actually on my back. I don't know. But, um, but because I've never shied away from my values. Having said that, I also learn, I also learn how to identify what a person's desire is, what they're trying to need, what their political goal is, and try and find a way to uh, to find a compromise that works that works for both. When we can work together, uh, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. How- and because of that, I think that also gives me an opportunity to be able to to, to be successful. I mean, I, on my board, I've been like I said, I've been on the board eighteen years. I've been board president twelve of those eighteen years. Wow, and. Uh, you know, once again, that's in an overwhelmingly Democrat area, oftentimes with a Democrat-controlled board. Wow. How, how brutal is, uh, is it being on a, on a school board? I mean, school, I don't think people realize school boards are brutal. Even in a good district. They, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, one of the things that, that we've done, and, I, and I, I've, I, I've really focused on trying to keep politics as a whole out of it. Hmm. So we do... We sit down with all of the other board members. All the board members sit down. Whenever we get a new board member, we go through our mission statement, our values. Everyone gets a chance to have their input. It's a document that we all vote on, and then we all govern everything according to that. So if it's like extra political, if it's something partisan, if it's not part of our core mission or our core values, it doesn't get on the agenda. And we've been able to, with that, we've been able to withstand. We went through eight years of declining enrollment. Then we went through the economic downturn. We went through COVID, and, you know, through all of that, we have never had to lay off a teacher because of budget. Uh, we just got through rebuilding uh, the, what is it, 75%? No, I'm sorry, 80% of all of our schools we got through just rebuilding. Every wow. single one of our students is in a 21st century classroom. Nice. And then on top of that, we pay, we pay our teachers the second most in the entire county of awesome. Sacramento. Give me your website, again, Craig. That, Give me your website so that everybody go to the website right now, donate money, support Craig. Go for it. CraigDeluz.com. And that's Craig with a C. Yep. Craig with, Craig a, with C. a C. What else would it be? Could be with a K. With a K. <laughs> I guess you're right. Hey, you never Craig know. Craig with a C. Thank you for clarifying, Dave. Hey, that's why I'm here. <laughs> 
Is he staying or is he going? No, that's it. Thank you, man. Thanks, right, Craig. Buddy. Take care. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio. F961-AM1170. The answer. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, have you ever wanted to get a pilot's license? Well, here in San Diego, pilots can fly almost every day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. Check out the deals just for Gun Owner Radio listeners. One hour of ground school, one hour of flight with an instructor. Yep, you get to fly. Normally, it's $400. You can listeners will get it for $350. Just mention this radio show. Getting started is super easy. Call them at 858-569-1822. Learn to fly with SDFTI, 858-569-1822. All right, at the beginning of the show, we introduced you to Chris with a C scale from 511. That's me. How you doing, man? I'm great. Thanks again for having me in. So talk about 511. First off, I thought everybody knew what 511 where the where the name came from sure and uh when you guys opened in El Cajon um a bunch of people didn't know i i, I thought it was kind of know? i did yeah i've known for years so what tell everybody where did 511 come from yeah perfect so 511 uh being that the company was originally founded in the Yosemite Valley 511 is a climb rating so 5 being rock climbing 11 being the most difficult route at the time it's higher now but essentially paraphrasing it's a impossible route that can only be achieved through great feats sometimes mm. so that's where 511 came from wow so and you started out as a like a rock climbing it uh, originally started you know way back when it, in yosemite valley it was the determination to make a pant that would survive on granite mm, for wow. rock climb so a lot uh, of the pocket layouts and the, the rear right strap was all about uh securing your pro because at the time Rock climbing harnesses or you know climbing harnesses didn't have attachment points. How uh, so? What year was that? Was that the nineties? So that would have been in the that would have been in the early nineties, and then in two thousand and three, five eleven uh, broke away and incorporated as its own entity. It was originally the five eleven pant, and then in 03, incorporated and became five eleven uh, tactical. Yeah. Remember how rock climbing? Remember how popular rock climbing was in the eighties? Well, I know you and I used to go all the time. Yeah, (laughs) I was the rock. You were the rock. The uh, (laughs) I remember, like even REI. I remember REI has a has a has a rich rock climbing history. Sure. Um, So you guys were uh, sponsors of our symposium, right? Which was really really awesome. That was the first gun show since they shut down the gun shows at Del Mar. We're extremely happy. We're looking forward to. I don't know. I think we're going to – it would be great to have four or five a year. So we're definitely going to uh, bring it back, uh, work with the folks who, who brought it here, and make it even bigger and better. So for you guys to step up and help us out like that on the first one out, you know, and you put so much faith in us. Sure. Um, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. It was really, really awesome. Well, we appreciate the opportunity. Because, I mean, the, the biggest thing we think about is when we look at community, I mean, part of community is being in it. And being a part of it, and you know, living by those ideals. So that's why that was why it was important for you to be a part of the symposium. Absolutely. Well, and it's nice that you supported a small group like ours, because if anybody watches any motorsports, 
NHRA or NASCAR, I think you're on every freaking team. We have a we have. It's funny enough. There's a lot of pit crews that do wear yeah. five eleven gear because it holds up. Because it holds use. up, you Absolutely. know. And I mean, I've never really had any. I've never seen five eleven on the side of a race car, but I, because I wear so much of it, I'm sure. noticing you know pit guys like you said, Absolutely. wearing mainly the pants and the shirts. And all the drivers when they're getting interviewed, you know, if they're not in their suits, they're usually wearing five eleven shirts. And yep. I think that has a lot to do with the style, the cut, the feel, and, and the way the way they're made. Agreed. You know, that's a lot of being able to have that appropriate look. You know, dress for the dress for the job, but at the same point, have that long term wear and durability. Right. And, and you could wear it almost dress up, and it's not dress up. Dress it up, dress it down. Yeah. Your choice. And, Absolutely. And as long as you're wearing, I mean, it, it's. I wear it when I go to a lot of press events, car press events, and everybody's wearing suits and sports coats. I don't. I, I wear my 511. Thank you. And I get more comments <laughs> on that. And, you know, and durable, you can wash the snot out of those things. Still, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. You know, you know our, our polos, when we really first came out with polos, our, our, our San Diego County Gunners, our polos were 511. Yeah, what happened? And, and they were blue. They were the navy blue. The reason they were navy blue, we actually originally wanted black. Um, but NASCAR just put in a huge order, and they sucked up all the black ones. And they were like, oh, "It's actually going to take you know a little bit longer to get you know black." So I was like, "All right, blue, boom." That's so it became blue. <laughs> well, if you need black polos, I mean, we have uh, some of the largest on-hand inventories in North America right now, there and they're go. so they're so nice. The, the, your polos are really really great. That's they they kind of set the standard. Wash and wear, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Law enforcement uses it. Talk about law enforcement. You, you guys have a is that. Uh, is that did did law enforcement find you or did you guys reach out to law enforcement? Yeah, it's a it's kind of a funny story. Is uh, originally back when we we're talking the '90s, uh, law enforcement found us, and the intent was uh, it was at the National Academy back at Quantico, uh, being able to have a pant that sustained the rigors of the range, uh, but also something that could be dressed up and something that would look uh, official and sharp. Uh, in the classroom. And that was paper orders and handwritten, hand-signed <laughs> checks being mailed and, you know, and then developing that forward. Uh, really, when we look at it, we have one of the largest national sales teams, uh, not just in industry, uh, but in general. We've got just over 45 sales team members, and that's just for North America. Wow. Uh, and we go out and service law enforcement agencies. We make Class A and Class B uniforms, as well as apparel and uh, outerwear, bags, pistol belts, pouches, you know, set uh, plate carriers and footwear. Well, if it, now correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I I would assume that the the commercial stuff you guys do, you know, the mass commercial stuff that you sure. guys do for law enforcement, that sort of thing, and your online sales probably dwarf or are probably uh, uh, yeah dwarf or are much bigger than the actual in store sales. I, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, well, when we think about stores in general, we've got 125 stores now across the U.S. Uh, we're still opening retail stores when most other brands, you know, either don't have retail stores yeah. or they're closing stores. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we're still growing. And what we find is building and opening to those markets mm -hmm. uh, such that we can service those communities. So, and that's, so what's important about, you know, the brick and mortar stores? What do you guys looking to accomplish by opening up these stores. Because like I said, I think you guys could probably make a really good living without a single brick-and-mortar store, which means that there's there's something behind it that isn't just, you know, like, you, you know what I mean? It's 
Uh, it's not just like, well, gee, this is where the profit center is. Sure. You know what I mean? There's something else behind it. So what is that thing? Well, I mean, even when we look back two years ago in pandemic, we mm-hmm. still had stores open, right? And being able to support and supply those communities and, you know, adhere to what those requirements were from a health department standpoint. But really, when we think about our retail stores and e it's access to brand. And we have a huge uh, opportunity, too, with our consumer wholesale. So you can go to the Bass Pros and the Shields and the Cabela's of the world and find 511 product. But when you look at our retail stores, uh, it's wall-to-wall 511. Yeah. So you're going you're gonna, to – it's really – it's almost that experience, and you're going to see how much of that opportunity there is in all of our categories. And the thing I like about your retail stores is you're still staying focused to the core of why you're here. Absolutely. There's not ARs on the wall. There's not targets on the wall. It's all mountain climbing and rock climbing and that type of material. And whoever's decorating your stores, I think, is doing a a very good job. It's well laid out. You know, you've got – to me, I just enjoy shopping there because I'm one of these kind of guys that goes in, need a pair of pants. you got a whole freaking wall of pants. Yeah. And you you have a lot of all the sizes. Absolutely. And – Having that available on-hand inventory in stores and things that are going to fit that range of customer coming through the door, you know, our mantra is always be ready. And the idea, too, is we want you to come in and gear up for whatever that mission might be, whether it be outdoor adventure, mm-hmm. whether it be going to the range, whether it be lifestyle or conceal carry. Uh, that all ties in for us. I think it's good for the first-time buyer, too, that's either, let's say, getting into gun ownership because when you walk into one of your stores, it's like, whoa, I didn't know they made this. Or, wow, what it, sometimes you have to ask them, what is this for? There's a lot of aha moments for yeah, sure. <laughs> it really is. No, and, I think, and I think you put a lot of effort into that, not, just, not just the clothes themselves. Now, yeah. what was your, how did you find, how, how did you make your way to 511, you personally? Yeah, so I've been uh, with the company now direct uh, for the last three and a half years. But my first touch with the brand was in 2005 as a firearms instructor. So that was the uniform. Uh, so I've got yeah. the polo, I've got the tack pants, uh, the original uh, canvas cotton pants. Uh, so those, you know, they still exist, right? Uh, had the fishing vest. Yeah, you know, so the that tactical was fishing vest. The tactical fishing vest. And I mean, when you think all the way back, that was servicing a need of government customer uh, in the early global war on terror. Yeah. Uh, so everyone knew that that wasn't for fishing, uh, but it, served, it uh, you know, served a purpose uh, for being able to carry a loadout. The only, I, the only I, complain I got. Uh, oh, the only, lay it, lay it it's on like, this is like the fifth only no, complaint. No, no. The vest that you have, they're just too warm. <laughs> they well, will last forever. What they're are you, Han warm. Solo? What are you <laughs> doing in a vest? You, wear, you know, you put a shirt on it, you put the vest, it's like, yeah, I got to take the vest off. I mean, but I have to admit, I did go to Alaska. Okay. And it worked. Good. Yeah, the vest <laughs> is a lot about what you're carrying in the pockets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love your hide, hide, hideaway pockets. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. I got, I get a question. I've been, I don't even, I don't know the answer to this. Um, the, uh, you know, that strap. I think it's on the right hip of a five. What is yep. that? Don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell. Okay, let him figure it yeah. out. No, no. So, so originally, uh, you know, you hear all these stories. Oh, that's for the radio, so it doesn't fall out of your pocket. Oh, that's for your ear pro. Originally, way back in the day. That's where your carabiners and climbing pro right. was connected to. When yeah. you started talking about the connection to five or to uh, rock climbing, I started to wonder if that's what it was. I got to be honest. I, I, what, I don't know. I've been around gun guys for like 25 years now. And for 25 years, I've pretended I know what that's for. You, you know what I mean? And didn't ask Good. the question. Were you yeah. right? No. I was wow. <laughs> hey, did you know they sell watches? 
Yeah, well, you're wearing one. I know. They don't sell this one anymore. Oh. It's a classic. It is a classic. You know how long I've had this thing? It's amazing. Let's Look. go to take a break. All right. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. This is your second hour of Gun Owners Radio. Right here on FM 961 AM The answer. That was an Archer reference, wasn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> nice. Inland Empire <laughs> gun owners strive to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They know. do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. Become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners Stepping up to defend our Second Amendment rights. That's iegunowners.com slash join. Subscribe to our email list and win some swag. This week's winner is Robert. Oh, should we wait? Let's do a little. Do we have a drum roll? This week's winner is Robert Chambers. Robert, if you're listening, hopefully you are, email prizes at gunownersradio.com to claim your T-shirt or hat. It's up to you. Uh, free training for members, basic pistol course from San Diego Firearms School. That is a $140 value. Wow. And then uh, Matthias Qualenberg, he presented on the CCW Lifestyle at the symposium. Um, he'll he'll uh, He's going to... Uh, 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 he's the one that gives that basic pistol shooting course. And members, you can sign up at gunownersradio.com slash training, the number four members. Go to gunownersradio.com slash training, the number four members. And that is for a basic pistol shooting course from San Diego Firearms School. I think we're actually going to end up – so Matthias uh, lived in Germany until he was 25 and then moved to America, followed a, a girly uh, who he, he married and uh, – uh, but lived in Germany, and he, he he's just about turned 40, so he's been here, I can't do the math, 15 years, and uh, he, uh, uh, I was talking to him about growing up in Germany, and uh, what it was like, and I think we're going to, we're going to do a Magnum episode, I think we're going to have him come into the studio and just do an uninterrupted hour and a half mm-hmm. to talk about what it's like growing up in Germany, because it was fascinating, the conversation was fascinating, Matthias is such a good dude, I still got it, if you're listening, man, we got to go to uh, Tip Top Meats in Carlsbad, he could eat, be talking about food. spaghetti, and I just listened to him. <laughs> I don't got really. that voice. Yeah, yeah, it's good, dude. Uh, Gun Owner Symposium Grand Prize Drawing Symposium attendees got to enter at the gun show. Uh, so we have we have one, two, three, four, five prizes to give away, um, and these are this is good stuff, man. Oh my gosh, this is really good stuff. Hey, Rich, how do we want to do this? Do you want me to just go down the list, or, or yeah, just go down the list? All right, I'm, I'm just going to go down the list. The list. So. Uh, Let's start with the 511 Range Ready Trainer Bag, which was super nice. I was drooling all over it. 
Um, I really, really wanted to uh, take it, and uh, I asked Rich. I was like, hey, man, is this extra? And he goes, no, it is not extra. <laughs> so 5'11 Range Ready Trainer Bag goes to Miles Chris Cuolo. Congratulations, Miles, for your 5'11 Range Ready Trainer Bag. Um, $150 Alexo Athletica gift certificate. Alexo Athletica is... Uh, it's, I don't know if it's exclusively, but it's primarily for women, right? Isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's primarily for women. No, this and it's is like, Christy. It's, no, that's not. So Christopher Verdeveld. Oh, I just butchered that. Vred, I don't know how to. V-R-E-D-E-V-E-L-D. That's a lot of concepts. Christopher V. The Christopher V. Congratulations. You just want something nice for your wife, girlfriend, mother, sister. Two tickets to Gun Prom. Gun Prom coming up September 16th. Um, that's here in, 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 it's in Mission Valley in San Diego. It is uh, going to be a fantastic, you know, probably have a 1,000 people there again. Uh, nope. it. We, we, need, we need to talk about a 5.11 presence at Gun Prom this year. Maybe we'll talk about that, Chris. Please. Um, and uh, the two tickets to Gun Prom goes to Scott Gould. Congratulations, Scott, and thank you, San Diego County Gun Owners, for such a generous gift. Um, and then this is huge, man. Franklin Armory, Franklin Armory CA7 AR pistol. Chris, have you seen that thing before? I have. It's pretty nice, right? It's wild. Yeah, and it's the only uh, AR pistol it's the, on, the, on the roster in California, so it's the only one you can buy. This is big, and this person I know is going to be elated Franklin Armory CA7 AR pistol goes to Dakota Adelphia. Congratulations, Dakota. Uh, I don't know. This might be her first gun, Alicia, isn't <laughs> Maybe. it? Maybe. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> Far from it. And then uh, finally, Gunsight 150. That's a three-day pistol class. If you've never been to Gunsight, their 150 three-day pistol class is fantastic. Chris, you ever been to Gunsight? I have. Multi-time alum. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, Did you. you take the 150? Uh, I've been out there for uh, 250 carbine. I was out there for 150 pistol yeah. uh, and a few other classes too. So it's yeah. an awesome spot. Yeah, second to none. Those guys are great. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I don't know if they're second to none. They're at least tied for first with, with a couple of But they're great, right? Well, that's where it all started, right? Back with uh, Colonel Cooper. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it is. I just don't want to. I don't want a bunch of people. Even, well, what about us, man? We're not bad. Okay, okay. Um, okay, Gunsight Hunt 150 three-day pistol class, class. Mark Huslin. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I was running out of applause. Hey, you know, we here. ought to make it. If your name isn't easy to say, you can't win. You can't win. <laughs> That's right. What do you think? I, there needs to be like a constant limitation. Yeah. A lot of Smiths. <laughs> yeah. We should just start start throwing away. Like I can't pronounce that. Yeah, I can't. Bob Smith. All right, you wait. Oh, all five winners. Bob Smith. Bob Smith. Oh, Bob you Smith. You did a great job, Bob. Fantastic, Bob. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you guys for donating. That's very very cool. It, Most did, definitely. Did you get? Did anybody? Did you make it? Did you make it down to the symposium? Did you go to the gun show or no? I did not make it down. Uh, but I know some of the team was looking to get down there and and see it. And you know, like you were saying before with the first annual. I mean, one of the big pieces when people think about California. Sometimes we're not thinking gun shows, uh, so now it's 
building that community event and having that opportunity. Well, up in Costa Mesa, up in Orange County, I, I, I don't think you guys have a gun show anymore either, do you? Yeah, it used to be Crossroads of the West forever and ever yeah. at uh, Orange County Fairgrounds, and they'd also go down to Del Mar and maybe out to Riverside area. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no no gun shows. They were looking at – they were talking about uh, looking at uh, – the blimp hangers, the old blimp hangers. Oh, right, out in Tustin, sure. Out in Tustin as, yep. a, as a possibility, but hmm. I don't think anything came of that, um, which is too bad. It's so well, ridiculous. this new group, this new group, since they did as well as they did this time, they may expand. I, that'd be great. That'd be great. I, it, you know, we just we got to do it on private property. Um, you know, it's a little difficult to find um, private property that can accommodate a gun show. Mm-hmm. You know, they need a lot of space. But as long as they're trying we're gonna try with them and we're gonna succeed so got nothing to lose yeah what did you think of the gun show alicia i thought it was great you did a good job too speaking thank you not not one tomato was thrown at you Mm. which is an indicator that you're doing something right isn't there still like a shortage (laughs) tomato shortage (laughs) the only reason they didn't throw tomatoes at you when you're speaking (laughs) is because there's mine aren't quite in season yet have you seen how expensive a tomato is no one's gonna throw a tomato at it no is there something going on with tomatoes well of course are we mad about tomatoes this week? Yes, we Every are. week we got to get mad about something new and different. I just put up a Facebook uh, post. You can't bring the, the underwear and the hammer back. Yeah, I just put up a Facebook post. I really missed. You remember, like, I don't know, four, five, six months ago, we were all mad at uh, a guy wearing underwear carrying a, a hammer in Pelosi's house. You yeah. know, all the memes going around, the yeah. underwear fighting. How many years did that guy know? get? I don't know, but gosh, we got to bring that. Well, can't we be mad at that for one more week? That was so fun. I thought so. Everything else that we're mad at, it's not as fun as underwear hammer fighting. I mean, come on, we're always mad at something. Every week. Every yeah. week. Yeah, Monday morning, first thing you got to do is figure out what we're all mad at. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm mad at that. That's what I'm mad at this I, week, I Dave. I think you should write that down. <laughs> so anyway. You're probably more mad that you don't have your Jeep. <laughs> well, they not keep really. Giving, yeah, they keep, not really. keep giving me nice loaners. I mean, so our uh, next guest coming up after the break is Tasha Williamson. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this uh, conversation that we're going to have. Uh, Tasha's done a fantastic job of uh, supporting San Diego County gun owners, working with us, and uh, you know, getting people involved that maybe San Diego County gun owners wouldn't have found without her. And we're very, very happy about that. She's an interesting lady, has an interesting uh, uh, life, and we're going to hear more about it when, when we get back. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's 100 pounds bigger? Nope. You noticed I waited this time? (laughs) That's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's free. So what? sign up today. Go to notmesd.org. So while we're waiting, we're waiting for our next guest to call in. Well, um, while you're while you're waiting, yeah. So, Chris, when you, what do you? How do you guys go about deciding what you're going to put in your stores? I would take it a step further back. Even is what are the products we're going to design and develop? And a lot of that is going to be end user driven. 
So we'll look at and, and pull different groups of people and poll and do focus groups to determine okay. what that next phase is. Okay, and I when we you. think about the stores, uh, how we want to outfit the stores, it's really going to be building out with that you know, what those volumes and what those products are that are in stock, but ultimately too, having that shopping experience so that you can find that range build out. You can find that everyday apparel. You can find that footwear. And then we also do seasonal swap out too. So well, and we, like we talked, it's like products. we talked uh, off air about, you know, apparel for, for women. Yes, sir. You know, and it, 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 it's, it's a little slow coming, but it's coming. I love well, the fit of the women's pants. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, but you know what? I mean, they, but their selections are much smaller for women than they are for men. That was course. why I was questioning. That's to be expected, though. But, you know, it's for, for a long time, I wore men's, men's tactical pants. That's what was there, right? And so just the fit on a woman is just a little awkward. You know, it doesn't fit well. So I love, they have a variety of, of the women's pants, and I love them all. And they so. fit good? For me, they do. I mean, there's different body types. I imagine there might be women where they, not as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, they're great. And I would say too that you know from a from a women's fit and a women's sizing, you know we've got a lot online too. So if you're not seeing something in store, definitely check out the website. Uh, but we're always developing product from that side. And then too, mm-hmm. you know I know some of the hesitancy and for everyone is buying clothes online. So to Mike's point, what he was asking before about being an online, you know, being able to to make make your living online, it, being able to try them on is huge. And then, I, I think it's I think <laughs> absolutely, it's and yeah. we've got a great returns policy, or, or being able to swap out too. So don't be, don't be scared. So you can wear them for a year, and then when you're tired of them, you can bring them back. Yeah. As long as the tags are on. Long Kidding. Yeah. Hey, I've done that. You know, I've, I've said, some people say, "Oh, I see you got a new pair of pants." Hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh shoot, I forgot all about that on there. But uh, I like the I like the elasticity of, of your clothes. I don't know if you put that in there intentionally. We do. So depending too, we've got a couple different ways we build it. And a lot of the materials now are going to actually be mechanical stretch. So when you think of any kind of give or stretch Mm -hmm. or elasticity, if you use a fiber that's a mesh fiber, it'll break down over time. Mm -hmm. So we have what we refer to as two-way mechanical stretch. And then you'll see four-way mechanical stretch as well. But with a two-way mechanical stretch, it's actually the weave of the fiber. So that way it always returns back to that original state. Well. Every KUSI segment I do, I wear 511. And the reason I do it is because I have to carry recording equipment sure. in two different pockets. And like the pants I had on today that has the double stack back pocket, I can leave my wallet in the lower one and I can put the lot, you know, with the you know, listening, you know, the, the microphone device in that one. And I can take the other one and put. It's perfect. It's almost like you guys designed it for TV people. Well, the great part is as long as it has an appearance or feel as like a smartphone or an M4 magazine, mm-hmm. that's why you're set. Yeah. Absolute. Yeah. Do you have any 511 pants? I don't uh, I don't think it no. I don't think I have any 511 pants. Um, I was waiting for the women's fall cut in love with, them. with fall. my nice round hips. Yeah. So, I'll probably Please stop. <laughs> No, I don't have I, I don't have any yet, but uh, you know I, I'm I'm a pretty simple guy, man. Blue jeans and a. Well, how many more watches do you need? Don't you think you got? I was gonna say I can't afford five. You got to start wearing on, pants on a, on a watch. Uh, on a, on a, cutting in my watch budget. Yeah, but you got to start wearing <laughs> pants. Well, you my, don't... we'll have to fix that because we've got. If you're a blue jeans guy, like my my typical, you know, what my wife would refer to as my uniform. Yeah. Snap front shirt, 
and blue jeans. And it's going to be 511 blue jeans. Oh, that's right. They do make yeah. Yeah. Blue our, jeans. our Defender blue mm-hmm. jeans. No, why would I get why would anybody why would somebody get 511 blue I've jeans? Got some cool hidden pockets, I know that. Hidden pockets yeah. is one. The durability uh, Durability for sure. Two-way mechanical stretch, like I was mentioning before. Yeah. So you can actually have jeans that uh, that don't pinch and pull when you're wearing them. I got a question. Hit me. So when you fasten them in the front, mm-hmm. some of them are buttoned, and some of them are buttoned and snap. Right. Is there a reason for that? Just a difference in style. Okay. Usually for uh, jeans, it's going to be a button front. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the other types will be a snap front. Uh, but we've got, I mean, all in when I think of it. I think the last count that I heard was between men's and women's styling, all colors, all sizes. We have like over, I think it's just over 26,000 style numbers. Jeez. So we coming from six pieces mm-hmm. back from the early 90s to today, there's quite a bit more to come. Uh, are you still carrying the tennis shoe? We do. So we've got a couple different types. That's my favorite. Yeah, we've got our Norris, which actually a, it's more like, looks like a skate shoe. It's going to be mm-hmm. no puncture, so nail or needle. Oh, really? Yep, and some cutaway tags. So we've got uh, some low-vis detectives that like to wear those. So it has a little bit of style, but it's not going to get all become problematic around uh, different terrains. But then also our uh, AT all-terrain line uh, for the sneaker and then quite a few others. So we've got quite a bit and then also women's sizing. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now other than – <clears throat> Other than the the stuff you guys sell, mm-hmm. you guys are looking to do um, uh, forums and do informational seminars and that sort of thing. Yeah, talk absolutely. a little bit about that. Look, first off, before you even talk about what types, talk about why. Why is that important to Five Eleven? Yeah, when we think about Five Eleven and we think about our mantra of always be ready, we really we think of ready is mindset and ready is going to be lifestyle. So when we think of when we think of how to approach that. You know, you, you can't just have a pile of kit or a pile of gear and be successful. You have to have knowledge. You have to be educated. You have to learn. You have to experience. So that's where we dubbed a piece what's called Always Be Ready or our ABR Academies in our stores. And being able to have those communities to come in and hear an instructor mm-hmm. or hear a speaker, uh, be able to give an information session in our stores. And we partnered uh, with USCCA. Uh, and they're on track to do over 400 seminars this year alone across our 125 almost plus uh, retail fleet. And then being able to have those locations where people can go for information. You know, we don't know it all, but our blog site is just uh, being refreshed and especially our contacts throughout the shoot industry and you know, really being able to lean in there uh, as a resource. What about patches? I noticed you have, is this a collection thing? How many patches do you have? I, I picked up a couple, but it's like, I collect too much stuff as it is. Morale, morale patches are definitely a big thing. Wow. Uh, you know, some of them are a little tongue-in-cheek, as you notice when you mm-hmm. read these mm-hmm. and you see them. And, and at our store, Grand Openings, we do a store patch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's really just a way to connect and almost put a little flash you think it would take gear. off? Like, Did you think it would take off as well as it has? You know, I almost wonder in the very beginning if it was like, oh, we'll see how it goes. Let's yeah. make a few of them. And now – it, there's actually a team uh, at headquarters in our design team. They develop all the art and figure out seasons in advance what those patches will be. And then we do a refresh and store and online and holiday session and uh, and the, through the season. Uh, and then also our blind patch giveaway. So we do a lot of 
or people are, you know, we've got some really strong patch collectors. Uh-huh. They want to buy in and find what those mystery patches uh, are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the, the seminars, you know, the, that, that, that's community building. And absolutely. I, I don't, um, I can't imagine, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, I can't imagine that's a big profit center. So, and the reason I bring that up is, um, you know, that means you guys care. <laughs> you know what I mean? That means there's a, you, you guys are trying to accomplish something. Right. That that is more than just you know the bottom line or, or a profit center. Sure, when we think of it as a profit center, it is it is not a profit center. Yeah, you know, and really it is uh, it's an impact on the bottom line. Uh, but what we find is we've got a means by which we can bring that information forward and bring our partners to a location and bring people in, uh, and really being that resource because a lot of it, you know, we've got pants like what perfect question earlier. Why would you want to wear our jeans? It's like, well, we've got hidden pockets. We've got two-way mechanical stretch. But you wouldn't know it unless you experienced it. And it's not just a, a means, a lost lead to get someone in the door, uh, but it's really that way of educating and having that always be ready. Because you don't get that education online. It would be, it'd be hard-pressed. It'd be hard, you, know, you could have that little button where you could talk to somebody. Sure. But I hate that guy. <laughs> I like to go physically go in, and the first question I have is, what's new? Sure. Because I go in enough times. You know, <clears throat> and the and you know the, the the help there is amazing. Oh, well, here, let me show you. I can, what are you kind of looking for? And I tell them what I'm looking for, and right. then they direct me accordingly. Uh, so yeah, I, I maybe I'm just old school. I just like to go in, just like Alicia said. You know, I mean, she wants to go in, try them on, see if they fit. And uh, yeah, I got to quit buying those. And I think that's the bit too shirts. is with our staff is. Go in and ask questions. I mean, I think so many times people are used to, oh, what can I help you with? Oh, nothing. Uh, oh, what are you are lost? You, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Is there anything I can help you with? And people just want us and not be encumbering anyone. The staff is there to help. So if right. you're if you're saying, hey, I want what's this bag? Oh, it's a, it's Molly. What's Molly? It's a pouch. How do what I, I use do I do with it? Yeah. Let's let's put it all together here. So these seminars, these outreach that you're doing with these mm-hmm. seminars that are in everything, if it's 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 not about the bottom line, it's not Correct. about money. Correct. It's about cause. It's about something mm-hmm. you guys are trying to accomplish. Who's behind that? Like how how was that decision made and who you know, who is that important to? Yeah, and what we've seen is that inside the within the corporation itself, within the company, mm-hmm. being able to have that leadership bit. You know, it's what do we have? We've got a means by which we can communicate. You know, we look at our products of always be ready and thinking about the serving those who serve and really being able to drive forward. So our executive leadership is really strong in, in supporting the efforts and really leading in and uh, maintaining our ideals. That's awesome. So, you know, I think that's important. And I think it's important for people to know that, one, they can get some amazing information by coming to these seminars. Uh, but two, the fact that you guys are doing it, you know, and why you're doing it, that it means something. Certainly. Um, that you're, you know, you're trying to build community. You're trying to be a, uh, you know, give back and do something uh, that means more than just, you know, making a couple of bucks. And I think that's really cool. I think it's awesome. So I'm glad we got that out. If people want to know more about the seminars, where do they go? Yeah, best bet, go on to 511tackle.com. Uh, you'll be able to see our store finder on there as well as our blog site. And then if you're in a local area with a store, find it, go talk to the team, yep. chat with them. All right, let's take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 
folks. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961-1170. The answer. You know, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. The design is excellent, the photos are beautiful, and your website looks great. But it's not getting customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do and how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is super easy. Visit SageTree.com and click on the schedule an appointment button. That's SageTree.com and click on that schedule button. You know, Chris, one thing I like about we're about to interview Tasha Williams. Oh, Sean? Yep. Oh, well, then I guess we'll hold that we'll hold, until the hold, last We'll hold segment. that, yep. So uh, thanks for calling in, Tasha. Tasha Williamson is our next guest. How are you, Tasha? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thanks. ma'am. Thank you for, for being here. Um, let, first, let's just talk about let's talk about the program that you and I have, have uh, been running for, for the last year or so uh, between San Diego County Gun Owners and yourself and, and uh, the, the folks that you uh, represent and know. I would love to, um, you know, I just want to thank uh, San Diego County Gun Owners um, for, you know, being there to support uh, 2A um, among BIPOC community uh, and that uh, it's been, like, enormous in helping to educate the community and also bring together, uh, kind of like be a bridge um, to two different sides um, of folks. Uh, that have really come together in a dynamic way uh, to help and teach and grow um, not only together, but people uh, and their Second Amendment rights uh, because we all deserve to have them. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It's it's really been wonderful. Of course, San Diego County Gun Owners is for everybody, and the Second Amendment's for everybody. Um, so we're we're super happy. You know, we we do outreach. I want to I want to reach out to every every group you know um but the mo- I've, I've found the most important thing no matter who it is whether it's you know people that collect cars or you know off-roaders or you know different heritage or different political circles whatever it is whatever group we're, we're doing outreach to the most important thing i've found for successful outreach is to have somebody from that group who's who's passionate about you know the second amendment and what we're doing and that was you for the group that we've been with, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It's it's been really really wonderful. What what was important to you about introducing uh, San Diego County gun owners, the Second Amendment, and uh, you know firearms uh, training and and education? Why was that important to introduce that to to your circle of influence? Well, because there there have been um, an increase in in people purchasing firearms, uh, of course, that are black or African-American. And there were people, you know, in the community, the consensus was is that most um, blacks were taught that, you know, firearms were bad and that they weren't really um, taught about, uh, you know, the right to self-defense. And so, you know, the important thing to me was to make sure that you know, black people and other people of color knew uh, that we do have a right to defend ourselves and we do have a right to be safe, um, you know, in our homes, um, in our vehicles, in our cars, or, you know, walking down the street in any community um, and at any event. And so um, you really and and your organization and the folks uh, that you brought in uh, really helped us to understand um, more about our rights 
um, and then also how to properly uh, be uh, firearm owners um, and how to defend ourselves in, in different scenarios and situations um, and stand up for ourselves as well. Um, and not only that, um, we were taught that the firearm is not the first choice. And so uh, we've learned many other tools um, that we have uh, now um, besides the firearm. And and you've I can't tell you how much I appreciate you you like when we had the listening sessions in El Cajon when the county was looking to uh, you know ban firearms or looking for more ways to ban firearms you know you showed up and made a, a really important statement and uh, I think it's great I, I really like seeing uh, people from all different all different walks of life all different groups uh, you know uh, step up and and say hey the Second Amendment's important to us too. Um, how do you think it's going? Are, are we successful? Is, do you think that the outreach we're doing and the folks that show up and, and are learning more, is it, has it been good? Has it been successful? Uh, I believe that, you know, we have had a lot of success stories and a lot of people have come out and um, begin to understand um, what their right is, how to use their firearms properly, how to store their firearms properly. Um, and I've had nothing but... Um, you know, good reviews and conversations with folks who have been a part of it. Um, we have entire uh, families and generations within that family that are present. Um, we have, you know, individuals from different areas of the city and the county um, from the BIPOC community that are there. Um, so I think that, you know, it's been, you know, a huge uh, outpour of, you know, people just wanting to learn, right? And and in that, not only do they learn, but we're actually able to build uh, an improved network, um, you know, to other people that we normally wouldn't uh, talk to. We were yeah. exceptionally received at a Discount Gun Marks um, event. And, um, you know, I, I just have to say that, you know, people stepping out um, in, in, in that uncomfortability. Um, it wasn't about Republican or Democrat or independent party. It was just really about, you know, we're glad that you're here um, to get to know us and that you're joining the, the 2A movement um, because we we want to be safe um, and we want to be safe gun owners. Now, what was the, if there was, was there a, was there something that, what, what, what I don't know, I don't want to say changed your mind, but what, Maybe I don't know if you were. I don't know how you felt about firearms before you and I started doing this. Maybe you were against. Maybe you were totally neutral. Doesn't matter. I'm just curious. Was there something that uh, happened or, or a thought process that made you um, come around and say, "Hey, this is this is what we got to do." Is there something that happened? I know you were saying, "Well, a lot of people started buying firearms and that sort of thing." But was there some kind of aha moment w with you where you thought, "You know what? I need to." Uh, be proficient. I need to be a, a firearms owner. I need to, you know, protect myself, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, one, I never, um, I, I'm not against firearms or was never against firearms, but um, in my activism, I was threatened um, and the threats became very real because these people showed up um, and um, were targeting me and my family. Um, and so uh, I talked to you and, and was able to you know, figure out how to go about, you know, purchasing a firearm and um, making sure that me and my family were safe, uh, securing my home um, as well with, you know, cameras and, and, and video surveillance um, and an alarm so that, um, 
you know, we could be safe. It's one thing to, you know, have people that don't support you. It's another thing when those people um, take the time uh, to threaten your life, um, killing you, lynching you, um, attacking your family, um, and and, and just outright um, adamant about um, the people you love and yourself being dead. And so, um, and, and you, sh- I, I you shared, right to- yeah, and you, sh- mm-hmm. you shared some of that with me and, and showed me some, some, uh, some very, uh, legitimate, uh, concerning, um, uh, threats against you, which is unacceptable. I just, I just don't care where people disagree when it comes to politics or policy or procedure, or whatever, threatening violence, threatening somebody's right. I don't, it, it's not right. It's, it's, it's wrong. And it was very motivating for me to say, okay, let's do this. Let's handle this. And let's make sure that you can, you have all the rights afforded to you that everybody else, you have all the training that you need to be able to defend yourself. Now, how would you describe the non-Second Amendment st- activism that you do? How would you describe the activism that you, that you do? Um, yeah, so, you know, we definitely believe, I'm not anti-police. Um, I definitely know that uh, we uh, I'm not running into a, a gun battle or a home that's on fire and, you know, things like that, uh, threatening emergencies. Um, and we need police. And police don't just do those things. They do other things. But um, I am totally against officers who are rogue and reckless and lawless uh, themselves. And I fight and combat uh, the injustices that those type of officers bring. I do not look at those as officers. Um, an officer has a duty to um, protect the laws and the people. Uh, and if you are violating uh, the laws and harming uh, people, you are not an officer. You are a criminal. Um, and you should not be um, in, in a uniform or, or have the, the power that you hold because officers have absolute power uh, to take someone's life, um, liberty, freedom, and their children um, away from them. Uh, and they should do that legally. Um, they should not uh, be breaking laws and uh, beating people to death um, as we have seen or shooting people to death uh, who are unarmed. So what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about you? Uh, people, people believe that I'm uh, I'm anti-police, and I just go after every uh, officer that I see or come in contact with. Um, they believe that I organize a La Mesa protest that burned down uh, banks, of which I did not. Um, you know, people have had uh, made statements that um, I threatened law enforcement officers. Uh, the chief has gone around telling people I threatened him and his family. Um, and I, I just I think people um, need to know that um, I, I believe in peace, um, but I also believe in justice. And I do not threaten uh, anyone's life. I do not threaten anyone's property. Um, I'm nonviolent. Uh, I have had the most peaceful uh, protests that I myself have organized. Um, and the police department has mentioned that uh, in media and to uh, events and organizations. Um, so I, I just think that, you know, people having this rhetoric of, um, you know, I'm anti-police and I'm violent and, you know, I'm the leader of BLM, of which I've never been even a member or I've never even been invited to a meeting with Black Lives Matter. Um, but I do believe that Black Lives Matter. So what what was the catalyst? What got you um, what got you into this uh, line of of activism? 
Um, this one officer, um, actually, I just saw him the other day. Uh, this one officer, um, Officer uh, Die Martin, um, he was extremely uh, disrespectful at a stop. I just happened to be going to a store at the time, saw him pulled over with his partner, Officer uh, Rosas, um, and they were actually the original officers that uh, began me protesting officers because he was super uh, disrespectful. Uh, he was actually at a, he's a sergeant now, and I asked for a sergeant at another stop recently, and he came up very respectful and um, the same person that protested alongside me for eight months against him uh, was there. And um, he, he, we had a, a conversation. He said, you know, that was the most difficult time um, in his career, he said. But he learned, uh, you know, about people and about what the importance of why he needs to have customer service and treat people respectfully as an officer because of the power that he has. And now he's a sergeant and um, people have witnessed him having uh, the utmost respect and, and service um, to the public. And I said, if, if other officers would learn from that, they would never meet me and see me. Um, and so that's just one story of many. Um, we had an officer recently, um, Officer Hotsider, who um, said that he doesn't have to have customer service skills on one of my lives because uh, policing is not a service industry. And, and if, if that's the truth and how they feel, um, everybody should be worried, not just black people, but all people, because police officers do provide a service. They are a service industry. Um, and so I think it, it's just, you know, hard. We have another uh, incident within the sheriff's jails where um, a man was uh, beaten and tased in his head. Um, I got the call. We reached out. Um, there's now an investigation. They're saying that something was stuck up his um, his butt as well during that beating. And so um, we're concerned about officers who act in this way. Um, and, so, so people people who disagree with people who are listening out there that are like, ah, oh, Tasha, I don't like her, or whatever. What would you say to them? How you know how? What would you say? Um, how would you, you know, how, what do you recommend that they do to see things your way? Or what would you what would you want them to know about you? Yeah, I would ask them to do public records requests. Look at the media more <laughs> to see uh, the information that's going out. Look at the data that the officers themselves, the police departments have. They have data that says they disproportionately stop uh, black people in stops, use of force, tickets. I mean, this is their data that they collect. Um, we're creating laws um, for police officers who are rogue, reckless criminal, like AB 26 and SB 2 and SB um, 16, where the, we now get to see the records of the same findings, where officers have used the N-word, where officers have said, you know, canines like dark meat. And they're, you know, these officers are still able to become, one officer is able to go to another force and become a officer because he wasn't decertified. Another officer is still a sergeant. Well, well Tasha, um, so, I, we, 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 got, we got a hard stop here. We got to go, but I just want to okay. say thank you for all the all that you do to introduce people to San Diego County gun owners. I look forward to working with you and your circle of influence for years to come and continuing to educate folks in your community and, uh, you know, being a resource and introducing the second amendment to groups of people that maybe we normally wouldn't have, we wouldn't have uh, uh, been able to reach out to without you. So thank you for what you've done for the second amendment, Tasha. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. This is gun owners radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer.
folks. Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 11.7. The answer. Oh, all right, Joke? dude. Yeah, almost. Yeah, but are you all right? I'm okay. Got your eyeballs on? You're good? Yeah, there we go. Gun prom tickets are on sale. You need to join San Diego County Gun Owners and the rest of the Second Amendment community of the town and country in Mission Valley. Get your fancy suit, dress, or cowboy cowboy hat and Levi. Doesn't make any nerves. And join our group for a night of self-defense. The Second Amendment dinner is coming up on September 16th. Get your tickets now and reserve your spot for a great night with people, great food, drinks, all for a good cause. Go to gunprom.com. Get your tickets now. Buy a table and bring your friends and family. That's gunprom.com. And buy your tickets today. Do we have tables left? We have a lot of tables left. We have individual tickets, so go to gunprom.com and buy tables. Buy but if you tickets. buy a table, do you still get a stack of uh, raffle tickets? Depending on the table, yeah. The champagne table, you get a stack of raffle tickets. Right. What about the beer table? We don't have a beer table. We don't have a beer table, Dave. Come on. Champagne and wine. We're all class political. Political Second Amendment here. All right. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Stump My Nephew. Sam, the gunman, is my nephew. We found out years ago that he's extremely good at gun trivia. So if you send in... A gun trivia question. We use it on the air. We'll give you a hat or a shirt. And if you stump my nephew, which rarely, rarely happens, you'll get a special gift, which I think is probably going to be gun prom tickets. Probably. Unless we have something else. Um, so, without further ado. And today, Sam, you there? Yep. How are you guys? Excellent. Right. Today you're going to have uh, uh, Chris from 511 Tactical. 511 or 511 Tactical? Known by both names, five eleven. Five eleven. So Chris from five eleven is. Do you know about five eleven, Sam? Um, yeah, I wear their pants I, just about every day. I was gonna say he's a <laughs> he's a five eleven awesome. guy. So. Hey, Sam, thank you, that, Sam. That's thank you, and that's also not the question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he was hoping. All right, go for it, Chris, with a C. Yeah. So this is question from Rich uh, from Chula Vista in honor of this being episode three fifty seven. Why was the 357 Magnum cartridge created? Sorry, can you repeat the question? Why was the 357 Magnum cartridge created? Why was the 357 Magnum cartridge created? Thank you, Chris from Chula Vista, for writing in, uh, and thanks very much for reading the question. The 357 Magnum cartridge, um, uh, which is a personal favorite of mine, uh, it's a lot of fun to shoot. Um, was developed in the early part of the last century out of a desire by handloaders to basically hot rod the 38. Uh, the the history here is really interesting, and I can't go into all of it because I'm limited on time. But um, these guys, I believe Elmer Keith among them, um, were handloading 38 Special, which was originally a black powder cartridge. They were handloading it with more powerful smokeless powder. Um, until they started blowing up guns. So then what they did was, well, they wanted the power, but they wanted to not destroy their revolvers. So they bought revolvers originally designed for 44 Special and uh, made new barrels and cylinders uh, that were capable of withstanding the pressure. Bigger cylinder for a smaller round, uh, thicker walls, much stronger. Um, and so they called that 3844. Smith & Wesson caught wind of it, and decided to turn it into a real production cartridge and called it or something very much like it 357 Magnum. So that's probably not a wrong answer, but li- listen to the answer. Chris, can you read the answer that yeah, was absolutely. provided? Yeah, so the answer provided Elmer Keith developed the 357 Magnum handgun round. 
to penetrate automobile cover during the post-World War I gangster era. It was a very difficult, cha- or difficult challenge for police and the FBI at the time, which only the 38 Super uh, would achieve. The 357 was the first Magnum round ever produced. It was first used by the Kansas City Police to fight organized crime syndicates in Kansas City. What do you got? What do you think? Have you ever heard that story? And and in your opinion, does that does that answer? That doesn't mean your answer was wrong. I think it's just kind of a different. You know, what do you think? What are your thoughts? It's good context. The thirty eight Super um, in auto loading pistols like the nineteen eleven platform was capable of penetrating car doors at the time, and three fifty seven Magnum being even more powerful can also do that. Uh, that being said, um, it's it it's very likely that uh, that was. Elmer Keith's intent. But in the early days, it wasn't really all that popular with law enforcement, like in the 30s and 40s, because the guns still tended to be fairly expensive. Once prices came down in about the 50s, 60s, 70s, then it really began to catch on uh, in in the law enforcement world. So, and what was the original, read the question one more time, Chris. Yeah, the original question was, why was the 357 Magnum cartridge created? Okay. So So I would say... I would say, yeah, broadly to develop more power out of something in in the form factor of a 38 special. In fact, the only reason the case is longer is so you can't put a 357 in a 38. So but, here's, here's what we're going to do. Well, I, I think what, what I'm going to give Sam credit for this one because I think what Sam's answer was the original reason they did it. And once they did it, and they realized the value of it, I think then the police department probably reached out. Once the price of revolvers came down, here's what we're gonna do. That's not gonna be considered a wrong answer. No, but we are gonna give uh, what's his name, Chris from Chula Vista. We're gonna give Rich you from Chula Rich, Vista. Rich from Chula Vista. We're gonna give you. We're gonna give Rich two free tickets to Gun Prom. Right, that's good. How about that? But that was a. That was. I think. I personally think. I think Sam went farther back in the history yeah. of this. Yeah, you know. And I think the police took you know took that as a. Want to be fair? Hey, look what these guys have got. Want to be fair? All right. Um, what's your What's your latest blog on, man? Uh, well, and and one more thing that is, um, it's it's more common than you might think. Uh, military and law enforcement looking at what civilian enthusiasts right. are doing to inform their own purchases. Uh, my blog post this past week, um, as I alluded to uh, last week on the radio, um, is talking about the uh, the injunctions against this pistol brace ban. And I called my blog post obituary for the NRA. Yeah. And yes, I'm kind of doing a bit here, um, but you'll have to you'll have to read the blog post to to really um, you know get all the information. But my point is basically the NRA has failed to secure injunctions uh, against the uh, the ATF final rule banning most braced pistols, where other uh, pro Second Amendment organizations have succeeded. Therefore, the NRA has demonstrated that it is functionally obsolete in the pro two A world, and either needs to clean up its act or get the heck out of the way. Very awesome. Good. And where do we go to? Where do we go to read that? Um, that is on the San Diego County Gunowners dot com slash blog page, um, and it is also, I believe, on the blogs of the sister organizations' websites. Awesome job! Thanks so much, Sam. Awesome job as always. Appreciate you spreading your your knowledge. Hey, thanks very much for having me on, and uh, thank you very much, everyone who tunes in week after week to listen. Awesome. All right, buddy. So, so Chris, what, um, what, what, 
5.11 seems to be doing a really good job of expanding uh, or trying to expand and inform uh, on, on the Second Amendment here in California. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I'd say not just uh, California, but across the nation. Yeah. And really, too, when we think of you know, not only what we've done with USCCA in recent past and really going back to the core of that always be ready lifestyle and, and mantra, you know, one of the other things we're expanding out and where in the past, 511 has been a big sponsor of shooting matches and uh, Mystery Ranch, or excuse me, not Mystery, um, uh, Superstition um, Mountain matches in years past, but being able to expand that even further. And one of the things we were successful in doing uh, was a series here in California. That was the 511 Fall Classic with O'Shoot uh, and Bart Del Rio out of uh, Paula's station, and we're at Prado. Nice. All right. Hey, folks, subscribe to our show and give a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. And please support our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training International. Thanks to Alicia Curtin, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Matthew Dominguez, and the wild one, Brendan Thomas. And Chris, thanks for coming in. It's a blast. No, thank you all. Thanks for the hat. I'll wear it proudly. And don't go anywhere. Bob Siegel is in the house with a show that'll curl your hair. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.